I'd like to speak today on the sixth most, six most important friends in your life. I've done this before at Grace and Peace, and I uh, felt led to do it again today. Uh, you know, we live in a society uh, that has taught us we don't need anybody. And that's certainly not true, especially if we're Christians. Because in 1 Corinthians 12, we learn that each part of the body of Christ has value. You and I have value. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 12, Paul tells us, For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, even though there are many, are one body, and also is Christ. And in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Uh, verse 26, if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members are, rejoice with it. And in verse 27, Paul says, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Now, you've heard these scriptures before. So we know for each of us, we are part of the body of Christ, and we all bring a value to the body of Christ, all of us. It's wrong to say there's no Christian that has no value. All of us have value in the kingdom. And Christians are learning everywhere, I guess the last 15 years or so, the importance of accountability amongst each other. Um, there are many teachings out there on the importance of entering into accountability relationships, men being accountable to men, women being accountable to women. And of course, if you're married, accountable uh, to your spouse. So we surround ourselves, therefore, with deeper relationships, not just surface, uh, shallow associations. We want deeper relationships, and accountability helps provide uh, that deeper relationship. Uh, it tells us in Proverbs chapter 27, in verse 17 out of the NIV, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So in the natural, we know that harder iron will so sh uh, sharpen softer iron, so uh, that we would be strong in the spirit on spiritual issues, we sharpen one another, that none of us would be weak. In other words, I need you to sharpen me, you need me to sharpen you, we need each other, that we would be sharp in the Lord. I would go further to say, which is more I want to talk about today, is that God will bring special people into your lives uh, to help round out the rough edges that we have. We need to get sanded down a little bit every now and then. And God will bring certain people into your life to help you do that. A bigger question is, do we welcome this? Uh, the I don't need anybody doesn't help. Do we welcome this? Do we want to be sharp in the Spirit? Those who want to be sharp in the Spirit will welcome this. We should be uh, want to having uh, to seek out and carefully recognize who these people, Father God, would bring into our lives to sharpen us. We don't want to miss being mature in Christ. We don't want to miss this. He has this desire for us. So I'm talking today about God making connections in our lives, and I want to help you discover the six most important people God will bring into your life. These are not necessarily in priority, uh, because your spouse would be a priority, children, grandchildren, uh, parents, grandparents, siblings. That's a different order. Uh, so there isn't an order of priority here, but there's a spiritual importance that God will bring people into our lives for our personal growth. Uh, God brings people to us that we would grow, to sharpen us, uh, so um, His touch would be in our natural lives that we have. Our job is to recognize who they are, what He does for us here.
So this is a message very dear to my heart. Uh, God will bring people in your life to make up, if you would, your own personal spiritual team to coach you to grow in Christ. And this team is led by Holy Spirit, and He helps us to bring out the fullness of everything God desires for us to be. God will uh, use people to help shape your life. He will send us people that will help maintain our spiritual vision. We need to have that encouraged. It doesn't fall from heaven. God sends us people to encourage us. Uh, One amazing thing is that we don't always notice that God is using them in this capacity. Even though we search out these people, uh, we need to recognize that God uses them for a purpose in our lives so that we would hear his leadings more carefully. So it comes down to six important friends. Now some might say, well, I don't need them. I only have one good friend. That's enough for me. But we need to remember that uh, one friend can't be everything to you. One man can't be a team unto himself. We need a team of these special friends. If we're going to start to name these friends today, we're going to find that they come here to minister to us, serve us in a very special way because God sent them into our lives. Uh, Some of them might not be personal friends, but God obviously has put them in your life to shape you. So let's start uh, and let's see if you can name some of these people that are already in your lives. Uh, These are people that um, Jesus did for all of his disciples. So if you have a piece of paper, you may want to write these down. This is something you want to hold on to, as you'll find out. Slide one. Okay, the sponsor mentor. That's the first special friend. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and, uh, 15 and 16 of the NIV Bible, Paul says, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. All right, Paul is mentioning himself here as a sponsor mentor. He tells us that uh, this is a friend that's a father to us in the faith. God sends us very few of these people. They parent us in Christ. Uh, They're not just disciplers or teachers in the faith. They're people who generate a genuine spiritual uh, passion and vision in us. They show us the possibility of what we can do and can become in Christ. Uh, They always show us opportunities we should grasp and hold on to. And it's amazing we never outgrow these people. We never get too old to have these people around us. They are very selfless people who are out to advance you. Uh, Who might um, be these special friends? Who might need them? Well, youth certainly need sponsors, mentors. Young adults need sponsors, mentors. Newly married people need them very desperately. Uh, In the Scriptures, of course, wasn't that what Jesus did for His disciples? He was a mentor to them, a sponsor. Mordecai in the book of uh, Esther. Don't you remember the book of Esther well? Uh, Mordecai uh, brought spiritual passion to Esther so that she could be all God wanted for her to be in his plan for her life. Because God has a plan for all of our lives. And this is a spiritual issue, so he brings us spiritual teachers to help us that we can't find in the natural. Uh, Again, they don't have to be close friends, but you need to recognize who they are. It could be a pastor. It could be a parent. It could be a sports coach. It could be somebody you work with that shows you the way. Uh, 
But the point is that um, when you do find these people, don't pull them into a personal friendship. That's not what they're there for. That's not their purpose, to be your friend. They're there to serve God's purpose in your life, and we're to recognize that they're there so that we can flow with it and learn from them. So, the important question now, who inspires you in Christ? Who is your mentor or uh, sponsor? If you know that, write that down. For me, easy, Walter Healy, all my life. Didn't know, didn't know when I met him, but as soon as I met him, I said, there's something here. And I didn't understand it in my head, but a spiritual connection was being made. And you couldn't get rid of me. In fact, you know, uh, there, there, there was a, a brother in the Lord, a very good Bible teacher, who said people that pursue him personally, to him, that means these are people he's been assigned to by God. Very good point. Very good point. All right, let's, um, let's go on here to slide two. Let's find another one. The affirmer, the encourager. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, NIV. And Paul's encouraging them by saying, so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So Paul's here telling them, you're encouragers, you're affirmers. He's, he's, he's encouraging them. These are people who come alongside of us to encourage us. They see our lives, and they take note of what we do, and they put value on it. Not just empty, empty compliments, but genuine affirmation. These are ones who come alongside of us and encourage us to act out the destiny we have as men and women of God. Now, who might need friends like this? Well, definitely children need encouragement. They need these people in their lives. Young adults, of course, need these people in their lives. What did Jesus do? He encouraged his disciples, right? Paul and Barnabas in the book of Acts were encouragers to the believers, it tells us. So we need to encourage people. This is not vanity. We need to be encouraged. Uh, it is a need. It's often uh, every day by day, week by week, we meet enough people to discourage us in life, right? We, meet, we all meet them. We don't need them around us. We need people around us who tell us we have value. The Lord wants you to have that and know you do. And that comes from Him putting that in the body of Christ that come to us and tell us. So who encourages you? If you know that person, you should write their name down. For me, easy. It's you. It's not one person for me. The body of Christ is my encourager. And I recognize it and I notice it. Now, people say, oh, brother, you bless me. Oh, no, no, no. Just give the glory to God. No, you say thank you because that's an encouragement. Absolutely. All right, third here. Uh, the rebuker truth teller. Wow. Now, this is not criticism that tears you down. In Proverbs chapter 27, verses 5 and 6, better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the, deceits, but the deceitful are kisses of an enemy. I like Proverbs. If there's ever a book of the Bible you want to memorize, that's it. Okay, this is a courageous person. This is a person who loves you enough to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not, Amen. for your own good. This is a person that will keep you balanced and humble. This is not a friend we tend to seek out. But they are probably, of all these people, the most important one. 
Uh, when you find them, you need to let them speak into your life. Uh, who might need friends like this? Well, adults for sure of all ages because we need to crush pride. Uh, very important. Uh, Jesus in the Scriptures rebuked his disciples, right? Paul in his letters rebuked the churches when they were in sin. So who tells it to you like it really is? should write their name down. For me, that's easy. It's my wife. <laughs> she is the truth teller in my life. And you know, I didn't realize it for many years. I resented it. It was like, oh, thank you, Lord. I got to understand that. I might do a sermon on a Sunday. I said to her, well, what'd you think of it, dear? Her answer, what do you care? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. Her point was, if you did what God was supposed to do, why do you need to be patted on the back for? Okay. There was a brother, <laughs> there's a brother in the Lord, I won't mention his name because you might know who he is. He got his doctorate degree and he was very proud of it. It was about this thick, the dissertation he wrote. So he goes to his wife, but he didn't realize his wife was a truth teller to him. So he says, look, dear, it's all done. She looked at it, it's all going to burn one day. Okay, dear, thank you. And he walked off. <laughs> Because he had a pride issue about it. He was very proud of it. And that's not what he wanted to hear. <laughs> but for him in his life, that's the role his wife played. Sometimes, you, you know, you want your wife to be something she's not meant to be as the Lord placed her into your life. It's very important as you go through this, if you're married, what kind of spouse has your, uh, the Lord given you that fits these uh, best friends? Because then you'll tune into what the Lord is using them for in your life and not trying to make them into something they're not. A lot of married couples try to make their spouse into something they're not meant to be. That causes frustration. So if you're looking for this, oh dear, you're wonderful. I just can't imagine anybody greater than you. And that's not how they're built? Mistake. Very important. So who will you let into your life who will tell you what you don't want to hear? You need to write that name down if you have it already. And the more important question is, will you listen? That's the bigger question. All right, number four here. Doing good with time, like time. Okay, the intercessor. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. This is Jesus speaking. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded uh, permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have, one, have turned, once have turned again, strengthen your brothers. That's a cool prayer. You know, that's one of the most important spiritual prayers. You could pray for anyone having difficulty in their life. Lord, I pray their faith will not fail. Amen. You can't get more scriptural than that. That's a cool prayer to pray for people. may not be what they want to hear, but that's what they need to hear, that their faith will not fail. Okay, this is a person that can be counted on to hold you up in prayer. It could be a prayer partner. I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room that have prayer partners. It's a common thing. Cool. Could be. Um, but we do need these people in our lives so that we are not overcome by weariness. These people are ones you can count on to go to prayer for you. They won't talk about you behind your back. They won't give you all kinds of counsel and chatter, but pray in secret. Uh, we can have confidence in, in them to just pray. Uh, they pray for our encouragement. They go into spiritual warfare on our behalf. And these people who are, they are truly not prideful, 
They're more concerned about having a name known in heaven than a name known among the earth. Uh, so you need to covet these people and esteem them very highly. Um, who might need these special friends especially? Well, we all need prayer. We know that. But Jesus prayed for his disciples, right? The disciples could count on Jesus to pray for them. Paul prayed for the churches daily, he says. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, uh, credits all his success to his mother who prayed for him that he became all that he became. Uh, we had a couple in our church many years ago, um, an elderly couple. <coughs> Excuse me, I think they've both gone home to be with the Lord. Um, and uh, she had, her husband did not know the Lord, and she had prayed for him for 40 years for him to know Christ. And she prayed every morning and every evening on a hard oak floor, and she actually wore uh, uh, little grooves in the floor from her knees. Wild. How do you do that? Her husband did eventually get saved, became a wonderful man of God. Uh, uh, he had left here, in fact, as a church. They were, they were originally Baptists. He had left here to become a deacon in a Baptist church. They had invited him. We said, hey, great for you. That's wonderful. But wow, he had an intercessor wife and didn't even know it. Wow. Uh, that, is, that says a lot. So who can you count on to pray for you? Big question. If you have that name, write it down. All right, uh, let's have the next slide, please. The partner. These are from NIV. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs, uh, Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. This is a person who will share the load of life with you. Only a partner will carry your burdens. Doesn't have to necessarily be a spouse. Only a partner can carry your burdens. This is someone you can have confidence in. You can trust them with your innermost thoughts and hurts. You can be real with them and they won't judge you. They won't turn away from you when they find out the real you exists. Uh, they don't have all your answers, but they'll listen to all your questions. Men who have been in war, in combat, know such people, for sure. Uh, it could be a spouse. It could be a very close friend in the Lord. Hopefully, men with men, women with women. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> met, a, met a few people. In the Bible, uh, Jonathan and David are the best example of this. And uh, when you read about Jonathan and David, they are the perfect picture of biblically of a partner. Uh, too many people do not have these special friends. Uh, even more men, unfortunately, than women tend not to have these friends because men don't want you to get close to them. And sad to say, very few people who serve in churches as pastors, evangelists, teachers, don't have any at all. That's very sad. Sometimes we expect our partner to be something they're not, like a mentor or an affirmer, but that's not what God sent them to us for. Uh, we can't make people, again, into something they weren't meant to be. Uh, so, you know, again, I'll make a side comment here on this. Don't try to make someone fit into something God has not called them to be in your life. You're just heading for frustration. If you have a partner, don't make them into a rebuker. If you got a rebuker, don't make them into a partner. If you got a mentor, don't make them into an um, intercessor. If you got a rebuker, don't make them into an affirmer. That's an explosion. <laughs> Don't do that. Use the gifts in a special way that God has intended them to be used in that have been put in these people. So who can you trust? 
Uh, who can you help count on to carry the burden and load of life? You need to write that down. For some of it, it's parents with adult children. They could be a many different people. All right, let's do the last one here, number six. The pastor. How about that? And we're not going to read it. It would take too much time. But in uh, Luke chapter 10, we have the parable that you know of, of the, of the Good Samaritan. Right? He comes along to a total stranger and offers the love of, of, of God to this man at his own cost. Um, this is a person of tenderness in your life who is beyond a partner or an affirmer. This is a person that comes along in your life at moments of exhaustion and picks you up. This isn't necessarily a church pastor. Could be. Isn't necessarily. This is something, someone who binds up the wounds of life and promotes healing in you. Could be a professional counselor. This is a person of great comfort. Uh, one time a lady here in church many years back, <coughs> I um, don't know what I said to her or prayed with her, but she gave me a gift of a mug. And the mug said on the top of it, Pastor. And underneath it said, I wrote it down, a pastor is one who speaks to your spirit, listens to your heart, and understands what words can never say. Put a tear in my eye. Yeah, that was a really sweet gift. Sweet gift. Uh, Jesus comes along people in the Gospels at moments of exhaustion and picks them up and binds their wounds. Right? Looking at the woman caught in the act of adultery. How about the woman at the well? That's a fascinating story to read in John 4. Because actually what you're seeing there is Jesus ministered inner healing to her. That's a great biblical uh, evidence of inner healing and how the Lord brings it. I mean, she's not too friendly at the beginning, and by the end, she's full of joy and, and, and overwhelmed. She got a healing had it inside of her due to the wounds of life. That's an amazing story. Jesus picks up people and brings healing to them. So if you ever had someone come and stand alongside of you in a deep crisis in life, uphold you, you've met a pastor. So who can you count on to comfort you? Should write their name down. So we need these spiritual friends in our lives. They renew our spiritual passion. God doesn't want us to have spiritual, you know, uh, grumps in our faces. He wants us to have passion of life in the Spirit. And it makes us possible to have encouragement, spiritual refreshment. We all need spiritual refreshment. To walk a steady walk with the Lord. Uh, all of these are people who Jesus was all of these to his disciples. But they become Jesus in the flesh to us, don't they? Because they're sent by Holy Spirit. So if you're keeping up a list... I'm sure you might have gaps in your list, and that's quite normal uh, for these special types of friends. Maybe because you haven't met them yet, or you haven't been aware of them until now, you're starting to think. Uh, so fellowship here is very much needed if we're going to find these friends. We need trusted, accountable relationships more than ever in the body of Christ. Uh, it's, a, it's a shared experience of life we have, isn't it? It's not just me and Jesus, that's all I need. No, that's not good enough. It's me and Jesus in the body of Christ. You're related to the body. And we have to have people in our lives where we do have real honesty, real loyalty, and which calls for deep conversations. Uh, we have a choice in all this to play a part in this to allow these, deep fr uh, these friends uh, to go deeper with us in a circle of fellowship around us. Because in our society today, we have uh, many friends that are just acquaintances, especially men. 
Uh, a lot of people have been hurt and let down by those they thought were friends and were not. Uh, some have been betrayed by others, drained by others, disappointed by others. Uh, and unfortunately, they do create a spiritual weariness in us. Hang around ministry long enough, you'll meet them every day practically. <laughs> but these are special friends I'm talking about that don't do this to you. They are indispensable as they maintain our spiritual vitality. So we need to start to take notice of these people now in the body of Christ that are sent to us by the Lord. I hope all of you take fellowship as a priority where you'll discover meeting these people. It especially begins here in church, but it can't stay only on a Sunday morning. So this is a great opportunity to pursue fellowship in the body of Christ with purpose. Because if we intentionally maintain fellowship in the body of Christ with one another, there's a very slim chance you're ever going to be losing spiritual passion and energy. There's a very slim chance you're ever going to fall into serious sin because you've isolated yourself. There's a very slim chance you're ever going to be drowned and drowning spiritually because there's nobody to rescue you. And the likelihood of you falling into destruction is going to be almost impossible. So when we see folks that don't fellowship with us regularly, we should be concerned because they could fall into any of those problems. We need one another. So as we constantly leave here today, uh, let's go on a search. I spoke on the, on the first Sunday on this series um, on strategic friendships and sovereign friendships, relationships that God brings us. These six friends can come from either. But finding these special friends are not by accident. We should be seeking the Lord, bring them into my life, Lord, asking Him, trusting Him that He will. It's important that we recognize when Lord brings them into our lives. So we need to give them a place in our lives. We need to let them speak into our lives. Um, and if you found someone who does fit these descriptions already, you need to tune into how you relate to them in a deeper way because God is using them to speak into your life. So perhaps to close here today, Let's just turn this completely around. Who will you be a special friend to? Because each and every one of you have the ability to be one of those six that we looked at. Each and one of us are wired in some way to be a truth teller, to be an affirmer, to be a mentor. Uh, I think I see a lot more men join Royal Rangers and minister to these boys because so many of them don't have fathers. Change your life. I knew a guy uh, at church here. He was a former Marine, wonderful man, uh, was a salesman. Found out when he was in his 40s, he hated sales. And wow, what am I going to do? I think the, the job he worked for was going out of business. And he was like, ah, what am I going to do here? And so he took a part-time job as a school teacher because he had a college degree. And he went, ah, I've discovered my purpose in life to mentor young people. He couldn't believe it. He had found his purpose in life and never knew what it was. That was it. He had a gifting in him to mentor young adults. And he spent the rest of his life doing just that. I believe he still does. Praise God. Wow. So each of us have in us that ability to be one of these special friends. So you've got to find yourself how God has wired you personally. Um, what type of special friend has he fashioned you to be? Let God use you. Because you have the God-given ability to be one of these friends to someone. And there's people out there, whether you realize it or not, they need you. And they're waiting on you, and they're looking for you. And let God do the rest. 
How about we close in prayer here? Father God, may we find these six friends in our lives. May, Lord God, we be on a search for it and take this seriously. Because, Father, we want our spiritual passion to remain, not go out to a pilot light. We want to be, Lord God, all that you have purposed for us to be in our lives. You do have a plan for each and every one here, a purpose and a destiny, and nothing else will ever satisfy us until we walk in what you have designed us to walk in. Father God, help us discover this, that we would produce fruit, Father God, this side of heaven, not only for ourselves, but for the body of Christ that will impact the generation that we live in. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Can you agree and say amen? Amen. amen.